0: what's up jim good morning sir how are you doing well are you uh Very i'm you. ready for this show yeah. to be over i'll tell you that much yeah. yeah i'm ready to try and take a
1: nap at some point yeah so we got to yeah september 12th 905 um a little bit earlier in the week this week and uh you five days till the show
0: yeah we did better last week i think we recorded on wednesday today Tuesday is better than Wednesday, but we usually shoot for Monday. But uh, yeah, five days. Um, you're leaving Saturday. I am hoping to leave midday Thursday. Um, so it's like a five and a half hour drive for me. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm actually on schedule. I I think you're pretty much on schedule too, but I am definitely on schedule. I, uh, I wrapped up last night. Five of my six knives, they just need sharpened. Um, and I'm currently working on the auction piece that I'm bringing to the show, which features that uh, stainless Damascus that my buddy and I, Logan, forged a couple of months ago. And uh, I actually had some time last night. I finished up uh, those five knives and I actually decided to polish the blade last night so that this morning I could come right out and etch. Uh, to reveal that pattern so um i etch in uh heated sulfuric acid and so when i mask off the critical areas you know detent hole detent track pivot diameter ends of the stop pin track lock face etc stuff that you don't want to etch in the acid um i find that even if i let it sit for like an hour with a fan blowing on it it doesn't dry the masking agent doesn't dry thoroughly enough And, like, after 45 seconds in in the heated acid, it actually starts to flake off and stops masking. And so I actually wanted to try, like, letting that sit overnight to see if the masking agent would, like, harden up a little bit more. And, man, I'll tell you what, that's the way to do it. Um, I etch in 120-degree sulfuric acid, and I etched this blade for, like, almost three minutes, and the masking agent didn't come off at all. So I'm like off to a good start. I usually takes me three or four tries to etch a Damascus blade. So to get that one and done was like the coup de grace of the week of like being ahead of schedule. So I literally just have to polish and heat anodize the dark tie frames and the other components and my knives are done.
1: Nice. Yeah, you're you're
0: looking good right now. I mean, honestly, after your video that you sent me last night, I think you're looking pretty good too. At least that knife is anyways. Yeah, I got uh, one complete.
1: Um, no uh, finishing done to it. It's just straight off the mill. There's a couple little things that I'm like super picky about um, that I'm still kind of trying to figure out like why certain things are happening on it. But overall, um, I mean, I've got I've got one of them done. Yeah. So, yeah, straight out of the mill. This was with um, some Niagara tools that I had. I just had mm-hmm. a bunch. I had three of these um, five flute half inch end mills, and nice. the finish is pretty good. Uh, I mean, there's some streaking on it, but overall, I think you know, unless I leave them raw like this, you're never going to see it.
0: So, uh, I mean, streaking in hardened real- steel is ju- it just happens? You know what I mean? Like that. It's yeah. just, especially if you're not running air and like evacuating those chips, and you're recutting mm-hmm. anything at all, like. Honestly, that's one of the reasons why when I hard mill, I like to have the ability to open the door. Because on a short cycle, like I'm sure finishing that blade didn't take very long. I'll just sit there with my air gun and just, you know, and blow air at it to clear the chips as it's cutting.
1: Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I might just do that. Um, I've got some magnets that I keep up here and I just stick them. There's one right there. I just stick them under the uh, proc sensors and the doors and then it, it thinks they're shut. So... I might do that. Um, I've ended up blasting a little bit through the sides, but I know it's kind of an, you know, frowned upon, but I ended up just, uh, throwing the coolant on for these because it's only taken 5,000 radial. Um, and this Magna cut seems to cut really easy, even at this hardness. Um, I used a eighth inch ball. I, I only used, I used an eighth inch ball to finish all the profiles, the window, the stop pin track, and then, uh, I, and then the lock face. So I machined the lock face as well. Um, and what I did on this one is we were talking about engagement angles and stuff. So I ended up drawing an 8-degree face.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the bottom of that 8-degree angle was thirty thou below the face of the blade. And then it went into okay. a radius. So it's still engaging on a wedge. But then there's a radius on there that's kind of insurance to make sure it never goes too far. Uh, it's acting as good, a stop.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: It, Exactly. And, and I mean, nobody does it cause you can't grind that. So, uh, unless you're machining your lock face. Uh, so it worked out pretty cool. It's always been something that I've thought about doing like either, you know, full radius or flat or whatever, but come combining both of those, I think is going to work out pretty well. So this thing's engaging really nice. Um, what was I? Uh, oh yeah. So the eighth inch, I use the eighth inch ball for all the profiles, the lock face. And then I use a 16th just to mill the detent slot. There's a real small slot in there. Um, I only went down 25 thou. Cause the ball only sticks out 15 after I flattened it by five and then, um, uh, one half inch in mill to do the primary. So it's literally only three tools to do all the hard milling on these things. Oh, and uh, sorry, I four tools I got a chamfer tool too. So I just use a quarter by 90 and I just took a chamfer pass around it, um, real high up on the angle as high as I could go. And, uh, so yeah, only four tools to do all the hard milling on it and everything. Dude, my house is completely swarmed with mosquitoes. Um, and uh yeah everything worked out really well i don't know if there's enough light right there but i mean the centering oh, yeah. on this thing came out f-
0: perfect dude
1: so whoever did all the heat treat and surface grinding on this thing man they killed it i don't know so. what that is but the
0: guy he needs a job <laughs> somewhere
1: yeah but it sounds good that's awesome um, so i'm i'm bringing one absolute minimum i'm bringing one <laughs> i know that yep. so my table's not going to be empty um and uh, uh, yeah. whatever, whatever else I finish off after this is a bonus. So I think the cycle time right now is 44 minutes to do all the hard milling on here, but I was going very conservative, um, on the profiling with that eighth inch ball. Honestly, I could probably take this in just a few passes. It's only taking off max about 5,000, uh, and things did move around a little bit in heat treat. So I'm probably going to have to go in and kind of clean some of these surfaces up manually, but it's not by much. If I took like another five tenths off this wall, it probably would have cleaned up completely, but uh, my profile would have been a little smaller than I wanted. So uh, I'm going to reprogram some of that when we jump off today, just to try and speed it up. And then I'm just going to be running blades the rest of the day and hopefully knock out all the blades today. Um, If I can cut that cycle time in like half, that's the goal. So, um, that and then i finished up all the lock bars a couple nights ago but i wanted to talk to you about that because i've had a little issue um with the lock bars i have a bent one here somewhere so i did so the the lock relief it works the dovetail works really well and obviously the hole is working but because this lock bar is so thin it's 50 thou at the thickest point right in front of the lock relief but it tapers to 40 so on op 2 i just surfaced it down uh Because it's the length it is, which is a good length, um, but it's so thin, when I bend the lock relief uh, with with a torch, so I clamped this in the vise and then I just bent this over with a can't twist clamp, and I heated it, let it air dry, um, and it works perfect. But then when I put it in, it's holding in the correct location, but then when the tension's on it, when the blade's in, it's actually bowing in the middle a little bit. So it's bending back down like that, and the issue that I had originally was that the tip of the blade or the tip of the lock bar was all the way down where it needed to be. But the lock relief was area was still bent up slightly. And the blade was contacting the middle of the lock bar, just rubbing it a little bit. So, so what I had to do on the one in this one was I bent it normal. And then I put a secondary, just slight curve about in the middle of it. So it's almost like there's kind of a curve throughout the whole lock bar sort of, um, So as it's bending, now it's pushing the whole thing down and the action feels really good on it. So I got to basically just tune that up a little bit And because I already finished all the frames and I already cut all the lock bars like this before uh, I got one together and really tuned it. um, They're already all this thickness, but I made them this thin because I didn't want to go too thin in that relief area, which we talked about a couple episodes ago. Um, there's only a like maybe a ten or fifteen thousand wall thickness in one, the smallest spot, but it gets super thick behind it. So I'm like, I could have just left a yeah. rib down this whole thing that made it thick. So there's already some small revisions that I'm already thinking, uh, but overall, the, I think these are going to be solid as is. Uh, but moving forward, I'll probably add like a thickening rib or something right there so that lock bar acts like a normal lock bar with a single bend point. So
0: but yeah, other the than price that, you pay for good. prototyping in batches, you know, like. Yeah, you you know, unfortunately, you you want to revise something, but you've already made a bunch of parts, and thankfully they're not junk; they can be improved. I don't think that like you're sacrificing anything, you know. Like, um, how's your um, like how's everything else fit? Like how's uh, like how's your pivot fit? Like how's uh, like you have any like anything about it? Like no detent play, no issues like that. Like you're happy with the confirmation of everything.
1: This one here, I think, is is almost perfect. I mean, I, I might put a little bit more lock bar, um, tension in it. Uh, it feels good. Like it opens really nice. It unlocks really nice. It doesn't fall out, but if I shake it really like super violently, I can pop it out. Um, which happens on a lot of knives, but it's always something that I've really tried to make sure doesn't happen. Um, As much as possible. But this, but this lock bar, it engages, I mean, it's going to be probably hard to see on here, but when it, when the detent, when the blades closed, the lock bar is almost flush with the frame or with the blade. So it's as deep as it could possibly go. Um, the lock bar, the, the detent slot location, um, is, I think it's dead on and I don't have any detent play. I mean, you could pull on the blade, but it's, it's pulling the detent out. You know, it's, I, I wouldn't, yeah. Say that this is actually detent play at all. It's not rattling or anything. So uh it's pulling it yeah, I was it's always pulling like, it against told, the like top it, pin solid. If you
0: solid if you tap on the blade when it's in the close position and you can hear it, then you would know that you have, you know, detent play. If you can't, then you're good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's I mean there's nothing there. It's it's solid. Rock solid. So, yeah, this one came out really well. Um I I'm very tempted to just keep this one in my pocket as like a raw machined one. Um we'll see how many I can finish over the next couple of days. So, and then today I'm trying to just build slingshots. So I've been cutting up all the bands. I'm trying to bring like maybe 40 or so slingshots. Um, if I can, whatever I can build, I'm just, I'm sweating that I'm going to be to like the last minute on tuning the knives and blasting and sharpening and all this stuff and then completely miss making any slingshots. So I'm really trying to just knock these out. Um, at least, you know, since I've had the machine off and stuff this morning
0: while we were getting ready for this, Um uh, it's like two sides, to through, so much right? it is. It's a, yeah, it's a knife show, not a fling shot show. So, you know, mm, totally. if You like yeah. if if you like forwent slingshots to make the knives. I don't think anybody would be upset. With that said, for sure, the slingshots are awesome, and like people are gonna like them, and so it's cool to have a variety of offerings. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I got cool to be honest when it. I got that video from you last night, like, and I was just looking at the details, like almost, you know, the frames creating like a full length backspacer effect and, you know, the blade being encapsulated all the way out to the tip with no gaps. Like, it's just, I've said this before, people are really going to like these, you know, there's so much attention to detail that went into the design and manufacturing of this knife. And it's just unique amongst most American manufacturers. Like, Almost every CNC knife, like especially like a fully CNC knife that I see, has places where like things were skimped on and like you just went to the nines with it and you did it tastefully. And that's huge because a lot of people, they do CNC stuff just for the sake of doing CNC stuff because, well, I have this machine, so I should overly machine this. Like you over, you machine the shit out of that knife, but you did it in unique ways, you know, that's not just surface patterns or like, adding tool paths or whatever like you changed everything about the design confirmation to utilize like the machine and the to the best of your ability and it just shows through everywhere there's so many easter eggs in that knife that you can get excited about
1: thanks dude yeah i appreciate that
0: yeah i try not to do stuff you're like me i mean i mean yeah let's show i mean again like I think in person it's going to be even more impeccable than like you know what I can I can pick up on through photo and video, and it's just really cool that like your first show is like the unveiling of like the redesigned datum and like your your first foray foray into like releasing your own knives under your own brand, and like it's a long ass time. Like I just think that it's going to be a very cool coming out party for you, and I think people are going to be super stoked on them. Yeah, I'm excited.
1: Should be pretty cool. So um, yeah, there's one. So your machine one for so the rest of
0: the day. Oh, go ahead. One
1: yeah, yeah. there's one other little thing too. Like um, I, I'm trying to dial in some of the light gap because it is, you know, the, the back, you know the back, sp- you know, the back spacer essentially is all the way up. If you really mm-hmm. look at it, like if if I get it up in the light, I mean, I can see a little bit of light gap. So I'm just really trying to. I don't know if this will show it at all. Or yes, you can see it a little bit. It's yep. really hard to see though. Um, at least on this one. So I'm, I'm trying to tune that out a little bit. I don't want to sand the frames, like lap them flat because then that's going to change the depths of my counterbores, which actually might just make the gaps bigger. So if anything, I would have to go deeper on my counterbores, but I use the same tool to do the counterbore depth as I did the face. So I know that my face depth, the face of the frame to the depth of the counterbore is zero on all of them. Uh, So I, I, i'm just kind of messing with that a little bit like i can squeeze it a little bit and it goes away so just uh, bend it i'll see how the rest of them assemble um but i don't think it's an issue really i just i think you read all these things about people like nitpicking stupid little stuff but i think on this it's not going to be something that's that critical with with all these other details
0: so to me if the knife is centered because like here's the thing you could bend the frames with an Arbor Press to get them to, like, you know, el- eliminate that micro bow, but if it throws mm. off your centering at all, you're fucked. So it's yeah, like, totally. to me, it's if not your worth blade it. is centered, it's not worth the trade-off. Losing centering and then dealing with that is not worth eliminating a micro, a micro gap back there. I mean, shy of, like, bolting it together in the center, like, you mm. have essentially three and a half or four inches of just surface on surface contact that like it's natural that they're going to have a mic you know that they're going to have inconsistencies in that surface like it is what it is you could um use like a press fit dowel system you know what i mean just to locate them but -hmm. then you're going to have to deal with like you know like disassembly is a pain in the ass that way so i think you just leave it how it is Yeah, I'm going to leave
1: it alone. Um, The other ones, I mean, again, this is the first one and I've taken it apart and put it back together probably 20 times at least. So I think we'll see how the rest of them go. Uh, I mean, I could always even just sand this blade down just a hair too. I might actually do that anyways, just to get some of the grind lines out on the flats. And that will allow the blade or the frames to come closer together too. So uh, I might just do that. That might actually work better. So, but yeah, otherwise it's good. Well, um, w- I'm really happy with don't it. Spend- the pocket clip came out really cool. And I don't want to spend too much time like nitpicking stuff. I'd rather have just a bunch of them together. So.
0: That's exactly that what I, I was productive about to say. Don't get lost in chasing those little details right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just yeah, finish I got prot- time at I, the I end maybe, get, but not right now. Yeah. I said that to you yesterday. Yeah. Like this is essentially a prototype batch, you know, mm-hmm. and like. You have to, like, let that be what it is and, like, take what take away what you can from it and, and improve the next ones, you know? And it's awesome when, like, the improvements that you're making are, like, micro-nuanced, like, changes, like what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's much left. I mean, I've spent, what, since 2017 or whatever <laughs> when, we, when we first started talking about this damn knife. Long um, time, man. Yeah, I think it was 2017 somewhere around there um when I first modeled this, maybe it was 16 and uh I could dig up that picture. I just sent you that thing. one of the
0: frame lock. Yeah. 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 You know, I could, yeah, I don't, I I don't know where my... that picture was from, but that was a shoreline. Wasn't it? That was a shoreline knife. Wasn't it?
1: Yeah. I made that on the Sherline, Um on my balcony in my apartment when, uh yeah. Before we moved to this house. Yeah, I had to, Wild, to the shoreline mill with the rotary on it and everything, and I did—I literally blanked those out on my on my shoreline.
0: That's awesome, so, dude. So you're running—you yeah. have 45 no, minute cycle on blades. You're running those all day. All your hardware is already mm. sized, or do you have to hard size hardware? I'm just
1: gonna shorten it. All I have to do is shorten yeah. the barrels, so I just do that as I'll probably do those as the blades come off because um, no, I wanted s- to be able to stack all the parts of, together what I can do easily to, to get the pivot length, because there is some variance, you know, in the thickness of frames and stuff, a couple thou here and there, um, as the, as the run went on, uh, cause I was measuring in the back and measuring the thickness in the front of each piece, but the backs were measuring a couple thou thick, but it's because there's like a 2000 scallop from the tool path. So, yep. uh, which I'm like, dude, that doesn't matter at all. Uh, and then, uh, so I was basically just dialing in the front thickness and verifying that the back was at least consistent and making sure it wasn't lifting out of the jaws or anything. Uh, so what I did on this one is I just measured the overall length and then I know my pivots are going down 70,000 each one. So I just took this overall minus 170 or sorry, minus one one minus 140. And then I know that's how long my pivot is. Uh, so I just stuck it in the drill. I hit it on the grinder to get the head off of it because they're the AKS pivots with the heads on them which I was originally going to use. So the screw was only on one side, so you couldn't take it apart from the wrong side. Uh, But I want the symmetry of heads both having torques. So, uh, and then I just stick them in the little knife dogs donut with the plunger on it and lap them to length. So that works out really well. I've
0: I've never seen one of those, but that's sweet. Dude, it's awesome.
1: Um, I think this was from USA Knife Makers. It's called uh, Knife Dogs Pivot Lap. And they come with a bunch of bushings inside of them for different pivot hardware or bi- different diameters. So there's a set screw that holds it in and then it goes through all the way. And then there's a plunger for whatever your pivot size is. So you drop your barrel yeah. in there. It doesn't, it doesn't work if you have heads on them, but if you're just using the barrels and then you just use this little plunger in the top of it to put a little bit of pressure on it and it just keeps your pivot square to the plate. And then you just lap it across and it, it shortens and squares them up. Um, and then flip them and hit them again real quick. So it works awesome. awesome. Um, I highly recommend one of these things. If you got a size pivots, it's, it's way better than trying to do it on the grinder with a drill and get something accurate. So works yeah. out really well.
0: Yeah. I have a USA little, knife maker. I have a little ER 32 call it, put a, call it holder. And I put a, Oh, you're going to put a link. Give me a link to that. I'll definitely, that's sweet. Just to like kind yeah, of put a final yeah. I can stick a link
1: in the description or something. Yeah, for sure.
0: Sweet, man. Oh yeah, I have a little ER collet, like an octagonal one that I can hold in my manual vice, and I just throw a like a, a dusted end mill in the collet, and I just pl- set my dro to the top of it, and then I just plunge down on top of it to get it to whatever length I want. Works well enough, but you know, being able yeah, to then kiss cool. it on the surface plate just to get that like chattery non-center cutting end mill finish off the top would be pretty dope too, and also like mm-hmm. eliminate the burr and everything.
1: Yeah. You know, so. It works out really well. Yeah. I'll stick a link in the description for this. It's, it's great. So highly
0: recommend it. Perfect, man. Um, so you're yeah. uh, working on blades yeah, for think... the rest of the day and then your hardware is pretty much done. Mm-hmm. You just have to lap your pivots to length. Um, you've yeah. proven out the assembly works. You know, you have confidence in yeah. your detent situation, your lockup. And so you just now essentially, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're running blades the rest of the day, it gives you more or less three days to get the knives together and uh, get apply finishes. Have you thought about finishes at all? Like, are you just going to blast everything? You're going know, to blast and tumble some components. I, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I want to. So I'd like to. There's three main finishes. I mean, there's raw, which is I think looks the best, um, but it's going to obviously scratch like crazy. But I do kind of like just having this kind of monochrome industrial looking finish where this could easily just be somebody's user or something. Um, if they want, like I'm going to probably, if I end up keeping one, um, I'm going to probably just keep it raw like this and just carry it like this. So I can easily refinish it and stuff super easy, but, um, definitely blast. I have real fine glass bead in my cabinet, so I'm going to blast everything on some of them. Um, and then typically what I'll do on those, like they're going to get rubbed with grease regardless. Um, but blasting and then with a light tumble puts just enough of a kind of a, a regular finish across them where you don't notice wear as easy. So I might just blast them and then tumble them for a little bit and then rub the grease. So maybe some raw nice. ones and maybe some that are done kind of blasted tumbled. Um, but also just straight tumbled looks really good too. And the bur- I just put it all in the burnishing compound. So those are like kind yeah, of the three main finishes, like raw, blasted, and, and tumbled. Something. You know, maybe a few of each, five of each of those or something. Are you leaving all the hardware satin? I'm probably going to do that because I don't want to tumble it. Um, and I don't really want to blast the screws too much. So I might actually, we'll see how it looks. Um, once it's blasted, if if the uh, frames look good with like a satin screw in there, I usually just stick them in the drill and hit them on like the real fine um, scotch right pad. Let's put a nice little satin. I'll be mod- I'll be modifying
0: mine as soon as I get back to Pennsylvania. Yeah. What do you think? Blackened hardware, baby. Blackened hardware. Yeah. Fuck them. yeah. All my I, I was blackened to my all w- my hardware.
1: Nice. Yeah, I was talking to my buddy Wes. I don't have time for it on these ones, but um, Wes at FS Defense, he does Serakote. Uh and just coating a bunch of these, just straight black or even maybe some like M eighty one or do some cool patterns or something. Nothing like too over the top or like really, you know, gross looking, but he does like very like tasteful. Find like certain uh, Cerco details and stuff. So I think that was pretty cool. Nice,
0: man. Have you given any thought oh. to if you're going to try and get any of the ultim ones together, or do you think you're just going to stick with straight tie?
1: Dude, I forgot about those. Um, I should. I should put. I you should at least forget like, about at least one, one of see.
0: them. Hell yeah, yeah that's mine. Yeah.
1: I'm going to bring. I'll bring all the parts, no matter what. Um, The only thing is that the ultim ones, I only made the pivot screw counterbores fifty thou deep. Um, because it was just way too thin. I was worried about them just cracking through. So um, I'd either have to shorten the pivots or let them
0: stick out. Um, let them stick out. So leave it, yeah. Let it stick out. Put a little chamfer around the top when I blacken that hardware. Just imagine that blackened hardware, the blackened clip on that ultimate aesthetic. Come on, damn, with the blacken with a blackened lock bar too. Oh yeah, maybe. Does it affect
1: the length too much if you heat it up that much to blacken it? Have you ever had issues Uh, with
0: that? Never have I had any issues with it, no. I've only blackened frame locks, and Uh I mean, I haven't had a problem.
1: It doesn't affect the lockup. Nice. Yeah, I always get concerned with that where I'm trying to fit a lock bar, and I heat it up, and then I have to reheat it up and reheat it up that I'm worried, like, you know, the tie might be moving around a little bit or shrinking or doing something weird.
0: I mean it for sure wants moves to kind of
1: but twist around and stuff, but the the lock up so early on these things, I think even if they shorten up a few thou it's probably not gonna make a big deal. I can't pop this thing loose. Um, I've really tried to press on it. I can feel it moving a little bit, but it's not like it's not lock rock really. I mean it's the lock bar, lock has bar to flexing flex a little bit. It's just a, it's flexing the lock bar, but it's not popping out. So yeah, I think building this one um and getting this blade in here really just alleviated so much stress where i was like dude all right cool. Hell yeah. I'm gonna be able to actually uh, like, Fuck, man. last night like we went to we went to dinner last night and uh we left here probably like 4 30 so it was like it was three it was like 3:30 30 ish and we had to i had like a hard stop at um at 4 15 4 20 and uh i'm like all right i gotta cut the primaries i still want to cut the primaries the detent slot and remove the tab and then I can throw this thing together and I can bring it with me tonight and I can just play with it while I'm gone for the, sh- you know, from the shop for a few hours. And, uh, so I set it up. It was already, uh, the fixture was already in there. I was already doing profiles and stuff. And then, um, I threw an in mill in while the detent slot was getting cut. And, uh, I, f- I found a bunch of these half inch in mills. So I'm like, all right, I'll just try it. Cause I have three, you know, if it works well, then I at least have some backups for the other ones. And, um, so I cut the primaries and I'm like, fuck, they look cool, but I didn't even bother to measure them. I should have measured. Cause they're, they're parallel on, on the fixture uh, in that orientation, so I can just probe over the ends, touch, and see and where come they're down at.
0: and go to a known number. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I could just probe the overall width of it because they're vertical. Probe an overall width, and then infusion tell it all right. If check what that dimension is, you know, verify what that dimension is, and then recut it with this amount of wear comp. Uh, Damn, you can, can do that so, in fusion. Yeah, yeah. So you can have probing. Uh, measure things, and then you reference a previous operation because it knows what that model is and it knows how much stock to leave you have set in that previous operation. Um, and then it'll measure the actual size and then calculate based off how much stock to leave you have and where your model is and everything. And then it'll update your wear Damn. comp if you want. Um, and then you just basically duplicate that tool path after the probe because now your wear comp's corrected and you can come back in and clean it up. So i can measure flat to flat on these even though most of it's kind of curved as long as I hit it in a known location and then so anyways long story um I left 5000 stock on these so my edge thickness was like 30 thousand on this one which was really thick but uh, again i'm probably gonna just keep this one uh and uh, it didn't take too long to sharpen like the edge is real nice i think the the height of the edge it's at 25. Per side so it's 50 it's yeah it was 50 a included 30 thousandths
0: edge you got to do it 25 or else it's gonna look yeah. like 10 years tall <laughs> 17 yeah. degrees on 30 30 thousandths is like half the blade
1: yeah no yeah just a, it's a zero grind so Perfect. yeah i, I got excited good, man. anyways i i basically did the primaries i did uh, and i did the lock or sorry the detent slot the primaries and cut the tab off in like 20 minutes including modeling the sketch to drive the trace tool path for the primaries and cut it and build a tool and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, I was kind of rushing, excited and took it out a little too early. I probably should have taken another five per side, but uh, it worked out really well. And it it was just kind of a nice exercise. Anyways, it was like modeling it, programming it, setting it up, running it in like whatever, 20 minutes.
0: (laughs) It's kind of wild. It's nice to do those little speed tests sometimes. Like how quickly can I do something? You know, I used mm-hmm. to do that all the time at my job whenever I'd get a rush job and they'd be like, Hey, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I can knock that out in like 17 minutes. And then it's like, go see how fast you can do it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you realize that like when you're running through cam, like and you have everything set up, like for me back then it was different because I was on a mag, I was cutting off magnets. So it was literally throw parts on magnets program, load program, touch offs, like go, you know, and it was a little faster to set up, but uh, yeah, always cool to like test yourself in that way. But mm-hmm. man, I'm excited for you. I had to call you last night just because as soon as I got that video, and I was just like, I know that sense of relief when you just put it together and it just worked. You know, it was like yeah. the same way when I did the first 3.2 subliner and I assembled everything and it was like centered and like the lockup felt exactly how I hoped and the action was dialed. And I was just like, it's nice when it just works every once in a while because that just doesn't happen that often. And you have so many mm-hmm. things. That had to jive on that knife. That I was like, <laughs> I have full confidence in you, but at the same time, yeah. like the like pessimist in me is like, I can think of 15 things that can go wrong with like putting this knife together. And he's made yep. so many parts, things that you can't change, and like, <laughs> and I was just like, dude, you got this. When in my mind, you know, you always gotta like pump your boys' tires a little bit, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, I fucking hope this works out because <laughs> this is yeah. he, he's crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was the same thing. I was thinking about that the whole time, where I'm like, "Fuck, man, I, I, there's no going back on any of this stuff right now." So hopefully, all this stuff works out when it goes together, and and thankfully it did. So
0: nice, man. Yeah, because I was like, "Fuck." So right. what are you hoping
1: to be? I was just thinking, like, if I put this thing together and the D10 doesn't work. It's like I have to move the ball. That's what we talked about on the phone, too. It's like, dude, it's too late. The balls are, the holes are already drilled in all these things, and I can't use a bigger yep. ball because then the slot's going to stick out of the frames. You
0: know, so it's like you, you were saying, a lot like, of I, like I, do or die features on that for sure.
1: The whole damn thing is do or
0: die. <laughs> the whole thing, dude, so, everything about it's do. I mean, it's just like by design, you're just on, you're walking the, you're walking on the edge, man. You're walking the tightrope. Yeah. And it's like, as long as you can see the path to getting to the other side i say this in business i say this to like you know like people that are trying to start a business or have an idea and it's like all that matters is is that you can see the finish line and you see the path to get there and other people may not see your path whether it's the product or the process or the business but you're the one that has to be able to visualize like the way that you need to navigate that. And as long as you have that here and you know, the steps you need to execute and you can get there, that's all that matters. Go for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to doubt yourself if you know that process. So you obviously took the utmost care and like, I try to take them. I think about it this way. I try to take the utmost care, but like I still have centering issues that I have to solve. I still have lockup issues that I have to solve even with, with like taking as much care as I can. And so like, The fact that like that worked, like, I just appreciate it so much more knowing that if I made that, I can almost guarantee you that the first one I ever made wouldn't work. Like, I know that it (laughs) would. I know that I would be changing things like, so I'm happy for you, man. Yeah,
1: no, I'm stoked. Yeah, there's weird little stuff like, I mean, if I open the blade, um, (laughs) I can like really wrench on it and I can, I can kind of shear the frames just ever so slightly because it's only two points, you know, they want to kind of move around a little bit. Um, it's not much, but I'm, you know, it's one thing that it's like concerning where it's like, all right, this thing's perfectly centered and it was just centered. You know, I just assembled it and it was perfect. But if I yank on this blade, if I put it in here and I, you know, really creak on it one way or the other or whatever, then, oh, it moved a few thou kind of thing. But I don't think it's going to be enough to matter. And I'm hoping that people aren't going to just take this out and just like start, start fucking with it too much. So, uh,
0: but who knows? They won't, man. That's not the show MO. People are going to so. handle it with care. Any single knife yeah. in that spot, in that place is not running on a bushing show, system but... with. No, but honestly, if you, like the only knife yeah. that I've ever seen that you can like laterally reef on the blade and not affect the centering are rotten knives because he runs a bushing with PBs like it's just a locked system mm. where literally there is zero lateral movement and like extremely precise like the pivot screws are totally locked down. The stack up mm. of the washers and you know everything is just so precise that there's no lateral movement. You could walk into the show to tomorrow, any of those knives on bearings, and move the blade back and forth, and your centering is going to be affected. Like it just is what it is, you know. You could sit cool. there and put a little bit of fret, stress on the frame, and it's going to move the blade centering, you know. And then like it'll work itself back in, but like you certainly will be able to, to move any of that stuff. So if what you're mm. saying is you're worried about people abusing your knives and then finding an issue. That's anything, yeah. You know what I mean, like I, I I'm probably being hard equal, on it. Yeah. malfunction. Mm.
1: Yeah, I'm probably just like being the that picky you're... about stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, you are, but I mean, honestly, like you're taking care, you're checking the metrics that matter. Like your lock doesn't fail under mm-hmm. a lot of pressure, you know. Like you're concerned about your detent retaining your blade in the closed position, but like you're going to be able to adjust that. And either add tension or adjust your detent ball height or whatever to have that maintained. You also have a long, heavy blade. You know what I mean? Like, that blade yeah. doesn't have a swedge. It's, like, pretty long and, like, has a lot of mass. And I'm not saying that I condone, like, a blade coming out when you shake it violently. But, like, it's not like you have some, it happens, like, though. my blades that are you ext- do it extremely them, yeah. light. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, honestly, I bet you there's a lot of knives at the show tomorrow that you can shake free. Uh, or not Not tomorrow, I mean Sunday. Obviously not optimal, but like, you know, if under normal conditions, like the blade is retained in the frame, I think you're okay.
1: Yeah, no, I think it'll be cool. I'm excited. Overall, I'll, I'm happy so you're feeling peaceful. this
0: whole thing, for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm feeling good, feeling confident. Um, I mean, still a lot of work to do, but overall, I think the the mental stress of making sure that all this stuff's actually going to function properly... Is like all right. That's gone. I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. Now, I mean, just make sure everything is consistent enough. Um, because yep. things did move around a lot in the magna cut. I didn't leave enough stock. Five thousand on the profiles. I don't think is enough stock on these. Um,
0: yeah. Probably would have been. I typically I leave ten. A lot
1: safer if I was at. I was gonna say I would have been a lot safer if I was at ten thousand like per side. So yep. Uh, but they're cleaning up. I mean, for the most part, they're cleaning up. All the critical stuff is cleaning up. So that's all that matters. It's really I typically leave like stuff is right
0: five the of pivot, the so. Yeah, I mean I leave 5 on the stop pin track. I leave um any internal features I leave 5 and then external like the profile file I leave 10 and mm-hmm. I've not really ever had an issue. Occasionally like cool. the walls of the stop pin track won't clean up, but the ends of it always do. I don't know why. So it's like as long Which as the almost, ends are cleaning yeah. up I'm happy and so and like, I know, you know, I was it's contained in the too. frame, obviously anything visible, you want to make sure it's cleaned up, but if it's inside, I'm not as worried about it.
1: For sure. I was thinking about that too. I mean, cause I made my stop pin track width 145. So it's only contacting the tangency, you know, the, the line yeah. of contact of the pin. Uh, and uh, you could really just leave that whole thing as is, you know, cut that to size and then just shorten your stop pin tracks. So you're not hard milling all that whole entire thing the whole time, but. Um, it is kind I of nice. I do that on the max projects just now. Freaking shiny, yeah, nice. You know, like it is kind of nice. If I want that yeah, tool,
0: oh yeah, for sure. It's like when it's yeah, it like perfectly nice. shiny all the way, where the chamfer blends into like the wall finish. It just looks really nice. But yeah. like, I think about like if I have that tool, like for me with stop pins, just for the sake of consistency, I like rough and then almost semi finish and then finish. Every part, it takes an extra couple of minutes, but like I always recut the ends of the stop pin track to make sure there's no spring, just because, again, if I cut that tab off and the open and close positions are fucked up, I don't have any way to recut them. So cool. that's why for me, it's like I'll almost treat the roughing or semi finishing path as like I have enough clearance so that it's shiny, but it's dimensionally probably not finished. There might be a little bit of stock in there, and then just come cool. in with my finishing tool and just cut the ends of the stop pin track. So it's not having all that more time in the cut just to cause, you know, wear issues, which has seemed to work out pretty well. That's a good idea. for Sure. Yeah, it works. What else are you up to? Uh, Well, cool, man. I mean, this is, uh, what am I up to? Well, um, today is actually a busy day. Yesterday I was at the doctor. I had two doctor's appointments. I spent time at the pharmacy. I was working on knives late today. I woke up, uh, came out here. I got, um, the machine the vf2 running uh, i actually surfaced and then recut a new set of jaws for a small like edc prototype for a buddy of mine in the super mini mill that i am prepping to work on today or tomorrow um and then i like i said i etched that blade this morning and it turned out great um i'm out of here in a half an hour or a little bit less than that i'm going to meet uh my buddy dave Santiago. He's um, looking at getting a shop space in town right now he works out of his garage and i think he's bursting at the seams and i think having a small commute to get to work probably will help him just like stay productive so uh he asked me to come over and look at the shop with him um and then when i get back honestly i'm just gonna be running the vf2 i'm gonna finish up this um finish up this last uh auction knife uh hopefully for syndicate and um i may even just sharpen the knives today just to get them done i have everything all the knives that are done are like cleaned up um nothing's loctited but i did lubricate them just to see how things felt i might actually not loctite my stuff until like sunday morning or saturday night probably saturday night because i want to be able to go back through them play with them make any adjustments like i said because i'm able to bring some stuff with me like my carbonizer and like you know, my sharpening setup and stuff, cause I'm driving, you know, if I have any issues, I want to be able to address them, um, before like buttoning the knives up when I leave. So because I'm going early, I figure I might as well leave the ability to do that on Saturday. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know. I think tomorrow I'm going to go to breakfast with my wife just cause I've been working like 15, 16 hours a day for the last like two, three weeks. And we haven't really had any time together. Cool. So I'd like to hang out with her before I leave, but really it's kind of just casually finishing up what I'm working on and trying to stay in just like a positive headspace, man. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to make a list of things I need to gather. I have some like little microfiber cloths coming in the mail for the show. I got to get, you know, my banner down off the wall that I'm bringing to the show. Um, you know, business cards and some patches and stuff that I have coming, you know, you know, I want to gather that stuff so that I'm not thinking of trying to think of it all at the last minute and kind of casually get ready to head out the door on Thursday. So that's my plan.
1: Nice. That's good. Yeah, I was on the fence about getting business cards. Um, I'm probably going to just throw up like a QR code or something on a table that people can scan and it's got all the social stuff on it. Um, I think for the most sure. part, it's probably good enough for now. I mean, it's nice having business cards. I'm, I I designed some and stuff, but I just, like, stuff's so tight. It's everything's so tight right now. I'm like, I don't want to spend money on that right now if I don't need to. Yeah, so man, I mean, they're expensive. Enough, 100 I a bucks or 150 and, bucks. Yeah.
0: It adds up. Shit, that's what I was so, going to do. I was going to cut some stickers
1: out. We'll see. Yeah, stickers are cool. I got a bunch of stickers. I'm going to bring just one inch squares, and I have two inch squares, and then I'm going to bring. Um, I'm going to try and pack up as many uh, Ranger Eye patch sets that I have. Uh, they're just you know the logo with the white is glow. So I'm I'm probably going to today while the mill's running, just at least write for the first couple pieces. Finish up as much slingshot assembly stuff as I can while the mill's running. And then clean out my Pelican case and start getting all the stuff that I know I need to bring with me and put it in the Pelican case. Uh, and then maybe bring it in the house or something so it stays clean. And then at night, you know, once things start winding down and we're in the house, do all the sticker stuff and put in, start to pack stuff. So
0: Still a lot of Sick, little dude. just residual I mean, sounds stuff. Like, I'm a... of... Yeah. We're in that point now where you know, you pretty much have to use every second that you have for something. You know what I mean? If the machine's running, you're utilizing that time. Ooh. At night, if you're poking around, you're starting to pack. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, we're running out of time and Ooh. take advantage of all that you have. Ooh. Yeah, totally. Sorry, yawn master, yawn. What's going to bed at 1 and waking up at 6 would get you. But yeah, well, cool, man. Um, I think we we'll yeah, talked about that. kind, kind of been. trying to wrap it up a little early today. We're right at that 45-minute mark, which is, you know, Mm-hmm. kind of where we expected. Usually we run late, but um I think we both have a lot to get into, so you know, I wish you the best. Please sure. keep sharing You're pictures with me and video. It keeps me amped up through this process. And um as yeah. always, uh thank you to everybody for listening. We appreciate you guys like following mm. along with us on social, listening to the podcast like you know, it's one of those things that you know, if a tree falls and nobody hears it, did it actually fall? You know, as we're going through these processes and we're not As we're sharing them, if there's nobody to kind of follow along and support us, what's the point in sharing it, right? So um, I appreciate everybody kind of checking out what we're doing, and I look forward to seeing everybody at the show this weekend because I guess we won't talk to you until Sunday. So, again, let me reiterate, if you're hearing this and you're coming to the show, and I said this in my story the other day, but I want to reiterate it because I had a problem in Portland where several people approached me that I know – didn't introduce themselves, but talked to me for a prolonged period of time. And they walked away and, you know, hit me up later saying, Hey, thanks again for the conversation. And I have to say to myself or them, like, I didn't know that was you. So we're going to come to the table (laughs) and we've never met before. Make sure you tell us who you are, what your name is, what your Instagram name is. And then if I'm still looking at you with a blank stare, give me a second to let it process because either I pronounce your Instagram name differently than you do, or I don't know how to pronounce your first name. Or I think of you as your little emoji picture on your Instagram account, not, you know, as what you look like in person. So be patient with us, but please like approach us and uh, have conversations with us. That's what we're there for the knives, but also for the people.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just walk up to the table with your Instagram, just showing your Instagram.
0: <laughs> that actually, dude, I didn't think about that. Like just one of these would be great, you know, hold it up next to your face. That's and, it. Oh yeah. Okay, dude. All right. Yeah. That's a game changer.
1: Exactly. Just do that. Um, cool, man. Yeah, it's been good. Just before we jump off last episode, I got a lot of messages from guys basically saying that last episode was like, it hit home for a lot of people, especially guys that are doing this every day and out in their shops and stuff and have kids. Uh, it seemed to be a very relatable episode, which was cool. Uh, we talked, I mean, we spent probably half the time talking about family and work life balance and stuff. And, uh, it's something that I think a lot of people are dealing with or struggling with. And, uh, trying to prioritize some family and you know overall with social media and years and everybody saying you know grind hard do all this and work 16 plus hours a days and dude that shit just kills you man and you spend no time with your family so yep i don't know for me like what we talked about a little bit spend some time with your kids and your wives and your families and you know it's it's nice working 16 hour days and trying to make some money of course when you've got a crunch like this but man don't make it a regular thing you to know, just work yourself to the bone and then never enjoy your families. So,
0: yep. I've done that for, did that, I did that for way too long, man. I, uh, I prioritized my career over my family in the name of building a life. And in the meantime, I missed out on a lot of my kids' lives, my kids' young lives, you know? And so there is a part yeah. of, part of me <clears throat> that appreciates that time because, It certainly made me well aware of like what my limits were and my thresholds were as a person doing a a difficult task for many hours a day, many days a week, many weeks in a row. You know, I think I went one period of time I was working 90 hours a week for six months straight without a day off. You know, do I recommend it? No, but it is sometimes nice to know your thresholds. Like you got to know what you're capable of and uh, Mm -hmm. but don't make that how you define yourself. You know, I watched a lot of guys, At my old job get divorced two and three times because they were married to their job and they were miserable and they either retired alone or died alone. And like, I'm just, I became acutely aware of the fact that like time is fleeting and you know, there are times to sprint and there are times to walk. And when you need to sprint, you sprint. And when you can walk, take a breather and enjoy what's around you because it goes by in a hurry. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, cool, dude. Well, on that note, man, have yourself a killer day. I appreciate the uh the time spent. I'm looking forward to handling your knives in person and seeing you for the first time in when was the last time I saw you? Probably three years ago, I think when I was out in LA. Yeah, three years game, right? It was right before it was before yeah, it was uh twenty nineteen. Uh yeah, that's exactly when it was. It was before COVID. So it's been four years since I've seen you. So it'd be good yeah. to catch up with you guys. But uh All right, man. Have you a good day, man. Cool. Yeah, you too, dude. Later. Thanks, dude. Peace.